Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals, one of the most watched and listened to podcasts dealing with addiction and recovery. I'm Randall Carlisle. My guest co-host is Kim Smart. Hi, Kim. Hi, Randall. It's and good I to have be here. two very special guests here. What are your names? I've never seen you guys before. <laughs> Destiny Garcia and Charlotte Woodbury. And Waterbury. Did, Waterbury. Huh? What? Waterbury. Close though. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's very close. I jeez. And I even recommended her for the job she has right now. <laughs> Um, both, and, and this is not to uh, promote Odyssey House at all, but, but but I do like to brag about the fact that you guys are both graduates of Odyssey House, and, and you moved on to bigger and better, well, no, bigger things, okay? <laughs> I won't say better, but one of the things that, that everybody or most of us in recovery deals with is a past criminal history. Uh, you guys each had one, right? Oh, yeah. Or have yeah. one or whatever. What? Tell us what each of each of you were facing. So I had a criminal record for a lot of years throughout my homelessness and addiction issues. And when I was, when I got out of Odyssey House and transitioned into sober living, and I had to get a job, I couldn't get a job anywhere. I would apply for a job. They would hire me for like a week until my background came back, <laughs> and then they would let me go, or they just wouldn't hire me at all. Um, I finally got a job at a Build a Bear in the mall. Um, okay. And they paid me their second chance employer. They paid me eight dollars an hour for ten hours a week. So that was enough to get me to treatment, to work, and then back to sober living. It wasn't really anything at all. And Charlotte, you had? I had a very similar experience. Um, while I was in active addiction and also faced chronic homelessness, I, uh, I got retail theft charges, especially because I had two retail thefts in a very short amount of time. I, I couldn't get work from home jobs. I couldn't get any decent paying jobs. I had gotten hired at hires right out of Odyssey House, um, which I was very grateful for the work. They are a second chance employer as well. Um, but because of my background, it had been very difficult to get any gainful employment. I have now successfully completed my expungements. So I am now crime free for the first time since I was 18. No longer a criminal? No longer a criminal, or at least on my criminal history doesn't oh, exist. Oh, okay. <laughs> and to Charlotte's horn, she did it all by herself. Without a lawyer, she did all the paperwork herself. Wow. Yeah. She did it all by herself. Which leads me to introduce why we have them as guests, not because they're successful people in Odyssey House and are in recovery, but because they represent Clean Slate Utah. And for people, it has gotten a lot of publicity, mm -hmm. but not enough, obviously. Right. So what what is Clean Slate Utah? So Clean Slate Utah is a nonprofit organization that was raised, that was formed to raise awareness around the automatic expungement law. In Utah in 2019, the law passed an automatic expungement bill that will take care of minor misdemeanor records. So really low level misdemeanor records. They'll automatically be cleared. But the problem with that is there's no direct notification requirement. So Clean State Utah was formed to raise awareness around that and then to also help people who don't fit in that bucket of charges, um, who may have felonies or more misdemeanors that need to be cleared. So we also offer uh, support on petition-based expungement to do it yourself and we just brought on pardon support as well. You have to get a pardon if you have too many charges or the severity of the charge. So people come to you and say, 
what I've got it I've got a criminal history and I'm trying to get it can I get it expunged or yeah so because we don't have any lawyers on staff right we work closely with Rosset Legal using their tool to screen applicants um, their tool is available online so we utilize that to see everyone's criminal history and essentially what it does is takes your criminal history and puts your charges into categories or buckets of what you may be eligible for um, so that lets us know if it's going to be all automatically cleared if it's going to be not eligible at all requiring a pardon that gives us an idea on your path forward and then based on that we can support you going through the next steps and it's an so it's just an honest assessment of where you are and where you can go and, and I, I don't know, it, 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 have, you, have you filled out a job application recently? <laughs> well, not recently, <laughs> yeah. but I the, do know you have to check. Do one you have of the a, boxes is, is do yeah. you have a criminal history? Or yeah. what does it say? Something I like think that. some say, have you been convicted of a felony or have you been convicted of a crime? Yeah. And, and so if, if you lie, which you might be tempted to do. I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> Did it work? No. Because okay. then you definitely won't get yeah. the job if yeah. you know you lied. But if you tell the truth, you might not get the job because you told the truth. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I just remember this level of anxiety when I would apply for a job. When do I tell them, right? At what point do I disclose my criminal history? I want to have them buy, like bought into me a little bit so they want me to work for them before I drop the bomb, right? And then I would tell people about it. They would try to get me, you know, passed through the, the process. And then HR in another state would swoop in and say, nope, not mm -hmm. an option. So it really gives you a lot of anxiety trying to figure out when to disclose this information, right? Because you don't want to walk into an interview and say, hey, here's my criminal history. You really want to see if it's going to work regardless for you and the employer. So it now becomes this this weird game of figuring out when is the best time. So it's it's not completely shutting you down before you get an opportunity. And housing applications are the same. You have to. Mm -hmm. yeah. I forgot about yeah, that. you have to uh, check that box on housing applications. I couldn't get an apartment. I was working in the county mayor's office. I was putting Ben McAdams down as a reference on my housing applications. Nobody ever called him. They probably thought I was lying, like I didn't know him or something. <laughs> right. Like I'm not lying. About Nobody that. ever called him. <laughs> but my adult son ultimately had a sign for me to get an apartment because I couldn't even get an apartment, and I was working at a government job in the mayor's office and I still couldn't get an apartment. It, it's just mind-boggling how many hurdles mm -hmm. are put up as soon as you're out of prison yeah. or jail. That Or in recovery. Yeah. I well, mean, sure, both together. And, and how do you get over those? Right. So. And I think what we see pretty often is when people are in recovery years later, right, this is the one thing that you still have to disclose, explain about when you were in active addiction, the person that you were, and you are probably not that person any longer, but you still have to explain what happened years and years ago. So and as you guys know, as addicts, former addicts in recovery, myself as well, that you, you use any excuse in the world to use it yet, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So if, okay, in your case, well, you were lucky, you got, you got the job very, in the I was very, very lucky. But, okay, in your, in your case, but okay, if you can't find a job, you can't find an, uh, an apartment, you say, screw it i'm going to use again it's just easier to go back to what you've known for so long mm -hmm. that you've survived on for so long here you are trying to turn your life around and trying to find a different way to survive the right way to survive and you hit all these hurdles trying to go forward it doesn't make a lot of sense does it no yeah i just finished reading a memoir called the many lives of mana love and she chronicles this she had 37 counts and uh, they dealt with credit card fraud mm -hmm. while she was in active addiction and 
it talks about her time in jail, and, and that opened my eyes too. But then that it made me realize, wow, there's just nowhere to turn for so many people. So I'm curious about the automatic. Do you, do they have to do anything, or is it no. like so? So what the law says is that if there's only certain uh, buckets of charges that will qualify for the automatic expungement, and in order to qualify for the automatic expungement, you have to qualify for petition-based expungement. Uh, what those charges are is the only Class A misdemeanor that qualifies is drug possession, misdemeanor B, C's, and all infractions, no domestic violence cases, nothing that has a victim in it, so really low-level misdemeanor charges. And what we see at Clean Slate Utah is we see people that have a bucket of those charges, but they also have a different Class A misdemeanor, or they have a felony as well, or they have too many charges is really what we see the most, I think. Yeah, most definitely. I rarely see someone that all their charges are just eligible for auto clearance. The other issue we run into is we don't have a time frame for when those will actually be removed. That's what I wondered. Yeah, so yeah, could, they've cleared about 33% of those records. These are the new numbers we got last week. In, in um, how long has that been? So it was implemented February 10th of 2022. It's projected to clear over 540,000 records, and it's cleared about 33%, um, which is 117,000, I believe, is what they've cleared so far. I have like 290 in the queue right now ready to... So your awareness on. campaign to let people know about that is to let them know it may have been cleared, they don't have to mark that on their their applications anymore? Well, yeah, if there's no notification requirement, then they're going to keep checking yes on those housing yeah, employment yeah. boxes, not knowing that their record may have been cleared. What? Um, that doesn't make sense. It Why? doesn't make sense. There's no notification? They don't send anything no, out to the them? No, the government wasn't comfortable sending... Um, sensitive information to old to old data like old apartments well, that makes housing shelters move around a lot too um, treatment centers things like that so they just took it out it was either they leave it in and fight it for longer or they just take out the notification and pass the law mm -hmm. so the easiest was to take it out and pass it uh, before this though um, our founder Noella Sudbury she started Rasa Legal and she's the one who built this app that we use that to screen people for expungement before this app came out we were doing taking at least one to two hours on each individual to look up their record, put everything in a spreadsheet, count up how many charges they had. There was really no easy way to determine whether you were eligible for expungement. That wasn't time. What's the word I'm looking for? You're good with words. I know, but then my mind went blank. That, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't quickly. <coughs> I was um, like, uh, <laughs> you can't put me on the spot because then... <laughs> Um, so with her tool that we use. Okay, cut. You guys screwed up. <laughs> I mean, that happens a lot. It does, us, yeah. So. With her tool, we are able to screen people within two to three minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's really easy to read. Um, and so since she's our founder and she's the CEO of Russell Legal, she has partnered with us and we get to use the tool for free for people that are 200% or below the federal poverty level. And then we pay a subscription fee for the rest and we screen everybody for free. And, so, and these guys are popular when they go to outreach places and everything because yeah. how many people in our program or in any program have yeah. some criminal background? Well, one in four people in Utah have a criminal record. I, I saw Just that. in general. Just yeah. in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the vast majority of people that you interact with on a daily basis have a criminal record. And that could be very minor, right, from loitering, uh, tr criminal trespassing, Jaywalking. all the way up to some really big charges, right? But Alcohol as a minor when right? you're 19. Yeah. There's quite a few. <laughs> What's been interesting, too, is the, the difference and the range of people that we meet with. Um, I've met with 
you know, retired missionaries going, trying to go overseas to serve another mission. I've met with people that are now in recovery, um, just literally all over the board. You can never predict what someone is going to be like. There is no target demographic. Everybody has the potential to, to end mm-hmm. up with some criminal yeah. charges that then hold them back forever. Yes, yeah, Charlotte just screened somebody a couple of weeks ago that needed to get rid of the dismissal so he can join the police force. Yep in order to become one of our police officers in the state. So we see all kinds of people. Wow. Have you checked yours? <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> we can help. Didn't think I had a need. <laughs> uh, they can do it in two or three minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and what a service. But if you think about people in the past, well, you, yeah, you, you, you've dealt with people longer than Charlotte, mm-hmm. I guess, probably in, in, in addiction and recovery, being out on the street. Uh, Think of how, uh, in the old days then, without you guys, or Raza, or that program, what did you do? I don't think people really thought expungement was accessible and easy to get. Nobody really talked about it. When people talked about expungement, the idea of having to get a lawyer and do it for you was the idea. But today it's a lot different. People can do this by themselves with a little bit of help. Um, And you don't need to have, you don't need to hire an attorney to do it if you're willing to put in the work yourself. Um, I think expungement is a movement nationwide these days. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. And I, I'm a firm believer that it doesn't matter what mistakes you made in your past, everybody has the right to work and support their families. And this is really a, a working problem, right? So people want to get back into the workforce. They want to pay they, their bills. They want to go to school and get their licensures, but they can't because of this criminal record. People want to succeed, and this is the biggest barrier stopping them. It sounds so unfair. Yeah, it is so unfair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you guys both went through it. Mm -hmm. And I should point out, when we said Destiny was lucky, uh, (laughs) Ben McAdams, who was the Salt Lake County mayor at the time, uh, took her under under his wing and offered her a job in the Salt Lake County mayor's office. And and that got the ball rolling for you. Mm -hmm. And and, and resulted in a lot of news interviews and everything else uh, and and so it was it was just but that's not that's, everybody has a story that, like that that's right? a, a, just a, a that's stroke a of fate or yeah. something yeah. you know well i've always had this big mouth i just know how to use it yeah well <laughs> has learned how to use it yes you've obviously impressed impressed ben do you stay in touch with him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I just talked to him yesterday. So I was up at the Larry H. Miller uh, Summit yesterday, and he's going up today. We, th- we had plans to meet there, but he was going for the business side. I was going for the other, I don't know how to say the word, philanthropy. Philanthropic. I know yeah. that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can never say that word. I practice it at home and practice it at home. Knowing I was going to this summit, I practice it, broke it in syllables. I still can't say it. And, and <laughs> you haven't heard, uh, maybe, because we do have time for a quick synopsis of their stories because they're both pretty impressive. Uh, just, just a couple minutes on your past. Like, so, like, my addiction story, like, yeah, oh, yeah, I can do that right. in a couple minutes. So, my addiction started. Even though it lasted a little more than a couple minutes. <laughs> since, since. My addiction started through an abusive domestic violence uh, relationship. I was in a relationship for about seven or eight years. I often went to the emergency rooms for fractured eye sockets, broken noses, for legitimate reasons. Um, and it was getting prescribed pain, pain pills all the time. So, when I decided to leave that relationship, I packed my car full up whatever me and my kids could fit and we left but and I left everything else behind but what I did take with me was my opiate addiction 
Uh, fast forward, I uh, w entered into college wanting to rebuild my life. I was addicted to opiates, started smoking meth to stay awake during school. Uh, met somebody who did heroin, never graduated college, ended up homeless downtown for about four and a half, five years. Um, I was arrested on Operation Rio Grande. Before that, I was cycling in and out of jail over the years, uh, booked in, released, going in extremely sick, abscesses all over. Um, however, since I didn't have a felony or a drug charge, I was never offered a drug treatment program or a drug court. Because of Operation Rio Grande and all the funding that that brought with it, I was offered uh, drug treatment through Odyssey House. Um, when I was sitting in jail and I got my assessment, I remember thinking everybody else is saying they have a, an address to go to. If I say I have an address to go to, I'm gonna get out. And I can go right back to North Temple. But I sat on it for a minute and I thought, I'm not gonna do that. I need the help, here's my chance. So I, I told the truth and I'm like, I'm homeless. I don't have a place to live. I went into Odyssey House. Um, I was the first one who was arrested on Operation Rio Grande who successfully completed treatment and transitioned into Salt Lake County Sober Living Pilot Program voucher, um, which prompted the press release in my front room when I met Mayor McAdams. I thought I was going to meet Mayor Jackie Piskupski because I had no idea. I'd been homeless. I had no idea who the mayor was. Um, you guys don't follow the news no, the, no, down on Rio no. Grande? Hardly no. no. <laughs> and I remember I wasn't even going to do that news story, and I asked my son, like, how would you feel? If I went on the news and said, I'm a liar, I'm a thief, I'm a heroin addict, like, how would, how would that make you feel? And he said, I would be disappointed if you didn't do it. So I did it. And that first news interview changed my entire life. It opened up so many doors for me. All the elected officials were there. The mayor was there. Uh, the sp speaker of the house, Greg Hughes, was there. Um, and I just, and that was so, I was terrified. I was terrified. But I got up in front of all those people and told my story, um, and that just kept opening doors for me. So my story is a lot different than most. Most people are working $9, $10 an hour, working one or two jobs to, to survive, and I got this opportunity to work in the county mayor's office. But even then, yeah. you still couldn't get an apartment. Even then, <laughs> I couldn't get an apartment. Even then, I couldn't afford my expungement. My expungement at that time was over $3,000. I, I had a choice to make. It's either do I pay for my expungement or do I pay my rent? I had rebuilt my life from homelessness, got my car, got a license back, paid all my fines and fees, um, and I chose to pay my rent because I, I had a new baby. What was I going to do? Uh, the mayor did a fundraiser for me and paid for my expungement. That's the only reason why I'm crying for you today is because they were able to pull that money together, all the elected officials, all the people in the mayor's office uh, to help me get to the next step. But these are people that see me walk in the office and be the best employee since the day I walked in to the day I left. Yeah. And in my exit speech, when I took on at the new role as the executive director of Clean Slate Utah, I said that in my exit speech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was the best employee at the Salt Lake County Mayor's Office, and they will all tell you, but I was. I worked hard. I knew I had to yeah. work hard. I learned everything I could learn. Um, and I, I showed up every single day. Yep. Was that under two, three minutes? That was probably longer. That was longer. Okay. That was Charlotte. <laughs> so my story is a Stick little bit... Stick to two minutes. Okay. I'm on it. I'm on it, Randall. Oh, gracious. Um, so my story is just a little bit different. Um, my struggle was with mental health. Um, I have borderline personality disorder. Throughout my 20s, I would go probably every nine months, end up back in the psych ward, get medicated, get stabilized, and then decide, oh, I don't need medicine. I'm great. And then I would end up back on the streets homeless because what did help my mental health was heroin, was managing it with drugs. Um, and that is not productive. However, um, at the time, 
it did save my life. There were periods of times when I, I was very suicidal and I was able to stave that off with drugs. Um, so I'm certainly grateful that I made it here, but after about 10 years of that cycle, um, just through uni and then back out on the streets, going through the motels, hotels, um, prostitution, all the things, um, I eventually got to a point where I was 35 and I was homeless and I was desperate. Um, and I was just done. I just decided that I was either gonna end it for sure or I was gonna try this one last thing. Um, I was actually looking for a client on Facebook and the person I reached out to was someone who had graduated Odyssey House. And when I spoke to that individual, um, their voice was very different. I could, it, it, it was very noticeable very quickly in a matter of a couple sentences, something had changed. Something had deeply changed this person and it gave me just enough hope to try Odyssey. And wow. when I showed up at those doors, I decided that I wasn't gonna run. I showed up, you know, 100 pounds soaking wet, <laughs> detoxing in BOA, and it, it, it was horrible. It was really, really bad. I was very, very close to death. I think all of us, when we actually get to Odyssey, we are so desperate for something, for anything, right, that we are willing to do the hard work. I remember at BOA people telling me, don't go to Odyssey, don't go to Odyssey. Um, it's a hard program. You're going to be there forever. <laughs> and I decided that I needed that, right? I had been to numerous treatment facilities. I had been to over a dozen psych wards. That wasn't helping me. I needed, I needed something to, to shake me up and, and really show me what I was doing and why I was doing it. Um, so I was in residential for 10 months, but I, I just got to the point where I was so desperate. I was either going to end it or I was going to try this one last thing. And thankfully it worked. Thank God you did. I'm very, very grateful. Look at how you guys are contributing now. I mean, think about it. Yeah. How's, how does it make you feel working a clean slate, knowing you're helping all these people? I, I can't. I just, I'm, oh, I'm super blessed. <laughs> I love what I do. I love Destiny with my whole heart. Um, the opportunity she got at the mayor's office, she has given to me. So uh, who we help, what we do, I'm super grateful every single day of my life. I wake up and I'm happy. Um, yeah, it's it's really incredible. We are she able has to the help. best boss ever. <laughs> <laughs> also, you have the best employee ever. <laughs> we work really Same. well together. Yeah. Part of why we work well together too is because we're Odyssey graduates, right? Um, if there's direct feedback Destiny needs to give me, it does not. It, I never take it personal, right? It's very efficient. It's just like, hey, we need to work on this. Perfect, received, and then we move forward. Um, we communicate extremely well because we're we know how to we basically just run open encounters <laughs> <laughs> We do all day long and, we do. and then we get to the mm -hmm. bottom of it and it's better um, But it's because we are both kind of of the same mindset and have done so much work on all of the trauma um, I continue to do therapy. I continue to have a recovery coach um, Destiny just hit her six years. I'm almost up to two years um, so there's still a lot more work to be done but now that we are getting people all the way across the finish line um, the the amount of joy and gratitude they have for us is an absolutely incredible. I can only imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it that by itself is is payment enough. And it's so amazing to see. Because uh, you've grown so much because she talked about that first interview and everything like that. And, and a little secret, I used to work with her a little before news interviews, and and yeah. you you were you were unsure of yourself. Is that a fair statement? And oh, now, yeah. <laughs> now you're like extremely confident in everything. What do you think, Shar? Do you think I'm so unsure about myself? 
I think you're your worst critic, so, mm-hmm. um, but I am more comfortable speaking about what I'm speaking about. I'm passionate about the work I do because I've gone through it. It's one of the reasons why I only hire people that have a criminal record or have gone through the process because I want to give them an opportunity to have a decent job with decent pay, you know? That's why I hired Charlotte. I seen her in Odyssey House working hard, working hard, and then when I reached out to you and I'm like, I need to hire people. You're like, and I said, Charlotte. Charlotte. I said, when does she get out? Let's, <laughs> let's take her. Yeah. I offered her a part-time uh, temporary position at first, and mm-hmm. she hit the ground running, man. Mm-hmm. And then I promoted her really short after that. Yeah, a couple months after. And it just, it just kind of clicked, especially because as I entered an Odyssey House a few months previously, I had tried to start the expungement process. I had gone to BCI, scared out of my wits, high as all heck, um, and started the process. And I knew that I was going to miss the email from BCI. They respond a few months later via email. I knew I was going to miss that. So I was already frustrated with this whole process. I had started it in the past and failed. Um, and I, if there was a way to help myself and other people through this process, then I absolutely wanted to do it. Um, and when it was time for my expungement, I had multiple lawyers offering to do it for mm-hmm. me. Um, they were happy to do the paperwork for me. But I was determined to do it myself so that I knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, because it's really important for me. I'm kind of a, a tactile learner, right? I have to see, like, physically hold the papers and write it out. So now that I've gone through my own, I can walk all our applicants through it in a much more confident, cohesive way, right? Um, I know some of the pitfalls. I know some of the things they'll encounter. And it, it's just invaluable information to have. We're almost out of time. How do people find out about Clean Slate? Do you have a web address? Yeah, uh, org. If you go on there and you want to get screened for expungement, we have an intake form right under the video. Um, you can fill that out about two to three weeks after that. Charlotte or another intake coordinator will reach out to you, screen you, and talk about next steps. Simple? Doesn't cost anything? Or? No. no. We're, we will never charge you for our services. In fact, if you're 300% or below the federal poverty line, then we can actually help pay the government fees for you. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of fundraising involved, but we're doing it. You guys are doing great work. Life-changing work. Yeah. Well, really think is. about it. Yeah. You know, I can find an apartment. I can get a job. I can, yeah. I mean, it's part of home. life. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, you own a home now. Yeah, I went from not being able to get an apartment to owning my own home. And you don't have to have your son vouch for you anymore. I didn't have to ask him for a dollar. I see. (laughs) I didn't have to borrow money. I didn't have to do, nobody helped me but myself. Charlotte and Destiny, thank you very much for being here. It was good to have you as well, Kim. It's great to be here. And it's great. I hope this was enlightening for somebody who is searching for answers to the problems they're facing. So thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.